Hello, and welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there. With your host, Dr. Omerizami. Hello and welcome back for another special episode of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami, and I am super excited to be here with Dr. Omar Rakim, General Dentist and Cosmetic Dentist at White Smile Dental Clinic in Dubai. Uh, I met Omar on Instagram uh, a few months ago. I think I commented on uh, one of his endo files and we sort of started talking from there. And uh, for the past few months, I've been uh, you know, following his work and really motivated and inspired me to do better work myself. Um, I started using rubber dam because of his work. And, and so I was really excited to get an opportunity to talk to uh, Omar on the show and, and, you know, learn about his past and, and talk to him about his work and, and what got him into the sort of aesthetic side of dentistry and um, sort of learn about where he wants to go in the future. So Omar, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm super excited to be talking with you and uh, you've actually been such a uh, mentor for me and I've looked up to your work. You do such amazing work and amazing photography of your work. Um, so if you can just start off and maybe give us a little bit of a background about yourself um, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Hi, Amit. Thank you for having me in your show. Uh, just want to say your show is uh, brilliant. Um, uh, it's a good exposure to newly graduated dentists. Uh, I didn't realize uh, dentistry in Canada and Australia uh, was like pretty much similar to dentistry in uh, Dubai. Uh, so yeah, I think you're you're headed in a right direction with your Thank show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So just uh, yeah, keep going. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Okay, so um, uh, I graduated in 2014 uh, from Ajman University. Uh, at first, uh, in 2008, uh, I traveled to Egypt. And uh, I started my dentistry there uh, for one year. But uh, I used to live in uh, United Arab Emirates before that for good 10 or 11 years. I grew up here. Yeah, and so I moved back to Dubai and um, enrolled in Ajman University and graduated there in 2014. And so after that, I went for uh, my internship at the university. Uh, internship was great. It was a great year for me. And then um, uh, after graduation, <laughs> the struggle began. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, jobs were very hard here. Uh, the market was down for dentistry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and but then I could uh, find my job, and um, I just started. That's perfect. So, um, in I know I've you know spoken to a few people, um, and uh, it seems like the internship is mandatory in a lot of places. So, is it mandatory in Dubai, or is that an optional thing that you decided to do? Uh, no, uh, it's a must thing here in Dubai. Yeah. And uh, at my year of graduation, uh, it was required. Uh, to have three years of experience before practicing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that after you graduate, you go for internship. And then two years uh, after that, before you could get your registration. Okay. So uh, where do you work in those two years? Is it in yeah, the hospital in, or? Uh, in a hospital or uh, at the university campus. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was so bad. But lucky for me, at that year, uh, they uh, changed the regulation. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so only internship was required. Okay, perfect. So now uh, the dentists that are studying in uh, the UAE, when they graduate, they do one year internship, and then they're able to be registered. Yes, one year and, and internship work. is the must. Yeah, but for uh, new dentists coming, uh, like from uh, outside UAE. Uh, you have to have three years experience before going for your uh, registration. Okay, that's cool. Because I was going to ask you about that too, because I, I know maybe not so much now, but maybe like five years ago, there was all this talk of, you know, um, you know, doctors and dentists um, going to Dubai because the money is great and there's like all, you can do a high-end sort of procedures. Is that still the case or do you think it's changed a lot in the last like five, 10 years? Uh, it, it varies. Like, um, uh, here in Dubai, you can get uh, like very high class uh, clinics, like you know, APA, Liberty stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. sure. You heard of that. Yeah, uh, and then you get very low class clinics as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it varies like greatly, and um, some people work on percentage commission base. Some people get paid like salary. So, yeah, like a fixed salary and both. So it depends, but um, the market is. It's not as good as it looks. Okay, interesting. That's good to know. Um, because my wife, uh, my wife is Lebanese, so we and she. I mean, it's not a concrete plan that we made, but we always like flirted with the idea of maybe just for a few years, like coming to Dubai and living there and maybe working there. So if I, so you're saying if I uh, want to come there and work, I need to have at least three years of work experience. Is that right? Yes, you have to have that. Okay, and then is there exams I have to write or it's pretty straightforward to get registered? Yeah, uh, no, no, uh, you have to go for an exam. The exam is pretty easy. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just multiple choices, hundreds of them. Yeah. And then you're done. Okay, that's not bad. So that's something maybe we'll look into. So I wanted to yeah get a better idea of you know the work environment. Um, so is it pretty common for most uh, grads there to be an associate at, a, at an existing office for a while or is it... Um, you know, relatively common to sort of set up your own practice and, and work from there? Um, like, uh, both are common, but uh, I told you that, like, living here, the expenses are very high. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so to set up a new practice, uh, it costs a lot, like a lot of cash. Yeah. And um, uh, the patients here are not uh, so regular, so you don't get that regular patients and movement to your clinic mm -hmm. so i think um, like for me i wouldn't open a practice yet in this city okay uh, have you considered like moving elsewhere or you're pretty comfortable uh, where you I are i actually have to australia um I'm oh really <laughs> yeah i'm in the process of doing my adc exams oh no way that's awesome yeah. uh and you, do you want to go to like Sydney or Melbourne or you don't care really where you go? I haven't decided yet because I submitted my papers and uh, I have some stuff missing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a matter of paperwork. And then when I get the like, approval, I'll go for the exam first and then see what happens from there. That's perfect. I hope it works. I mean, it's Australia is, um, I think you could do really good work there. Um, I mean, I've seen your work and it's, you do great work. So if you can get yourself into a, you know, one of the bigger cities and work sort of like within the city in a more like upscale type practice, um, I think you could be pretty successful there. So I hope it works out for you. And, and, uh, I'm potentially moving back to Melbourne next year as well in the next, maybe like next March or uh, February. 
Um, so if it works out for you, that'd be cool. And it's actually funny because I was talking to uh, Doc uh, Callum McAllister. He's in uh, Scotland, and he was thinking of uh, going to Australia too. So uh, maybe we'll. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was listening to that. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe we'll end up there. So uh, in Dubai right now, um, when a patient comes to the office, is it um, is there like dental insurance, or is everyone just paying cash basically for treatment? Um, there is insurance, and um, but mostly uh, we don't deal with, with companies. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, we do the treatment and uh, build the uh, build the treatment to the like. Um, insurer and then they will reimburse him with the cash okay so the patient but pays for the treatment and then the pa- cash, insurance yeah, reimburses then, yeah, the yeah. the patient okay uh, that's some cool. clinics do deal with uh insurance companies yeah but, uh, we don't deal with them at the moment okay that's pretty cool and um what's a, is there like a lot what's the saturation is there a lot of dentists working or like how many for example just like on a typical day how many patients are you seeing uh, it varies, and yeah, we are very saturated with dentists. Like it's um, crazy. Like, yeah, <laughs> it really is crazy. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of clinics, and um, not so many patients. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on a regular week, like um, some days of the week, I see anywhere from three to five. Okay. A day. Uh, other days, like I could see eight, uh, but that wouldn't be my favorite kind of days. Uh, yeah, I don't like to see a lot of patients because mm-hmm. you like five to take it. Nice. Yeah, five yeah. is good. If, if I'm going for a lot of fillings and work, but if I'm diagnosing or opening new files or just check up, yeah, yeah I can do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't like seeing a lot of patients and, um, you know, working quickly is, is not my thing. Yeah, no, and it's cool. And I've had something, I mean, uh, from your page and other, you know, like other dentists that are doing great work on Instagram, I've sort of changed because I used to be like really like try and be really quick. So I would, I wouldn't book a lot of time and I would just, you know, try and do as much as I could in a, in a day and get as much like procedures done as possible. And, uh, but now I've, I've, I've come to like appreciate like the art of it, like, and being a bit slower, you know, getting a rubber dam, um, you know, getting some nice occlusal anatomy. Um, I still haven't, and I, I keep, like, I'm a bit lazy on this front because I've been more focused on the podcast, but I want to, you know, get a camera and start, you know, some better photography and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that because in the next part of the podcast, I really want to sort of, uh, dive into like restorative dentistry with you and, you know, uh, see how you do things. So I'll, I'll touch on the photography when we get there. Um, Okay. So that's pretty good. So, you know, five patients there. So you, how much time do you book, for example, say if you're, um, you're doing like a quadrant, so maybe like three, um, you know, two or three surface restorations, um, how much time would you typically book yourself for that? Um, usually I always take bite wings before I start Yeah. Um, for that quadrant. Like for example, last, uh, yesterday, I think I had one case, uh, it was two premolars, one molar and one canine. Yeah. Uh, they were like moderate size, not so big, not not too small. Um, that took me like, but I already saw the patient uh, like a few days ago. Okay. Uh, we went for uh, scaling. Uh, in UAE, most of the dentists do the scaling. Uh, hygienists are not very common here. Yeah. Yeah, so we do the hygienist work ourselves. Okay. Yeah, so I scaled for that patient a few days ago. And um, I took bite wings and I told him that you have this and that. And uh, yesterday he came. uh, So it was like a two hours appointment. 
that includes high photos, rubber dam. Yeah. Uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> what do you listen to when you're working? <laughs> like, um, you know, chill mixes on YouTube. I oh, like yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and I do a lot of photos. Like for, for one case, I sometimes I take more than 20 photos. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That also takes time. So yeah, like for 10, sure. minutes will go for photos. Uh, sometimes when I had no, um, like when I used to work on uh, low magnification, I used to zoom in uh, and check my work because some stuff I couldn't see with my loops. Yeah. Uh, but when I moved to better loops, uh, no, it was better. Uh, I didn't feel like I had to zoom in and check my work again and again. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And do you have uh, like, do you work with an assistant or how is this set up yeah. in the office? Like what staff do you guys yeah. have there? Uh, my, I have two assistants uh, and I'm, I'm the only dentist at this clinic. Mm -hmm. uh, we have two rooms. Uh, my assistants are both great. Um, like when I first came in, in this clinic, it was seven months ago. Okay. Uh, so previous dentists didn't never use rubber dam, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had to like, they know how to put a rubber dam and stuff like that. But I had to show them how to flux the contacts, for example, or uh, yeah, yeah, taught them how to choose uh, or select clamps, uh, showed them my favorite instruments. So we had like a procedure going. When I when I finish the dam, she hands me the mirror. I take a photo, and then uh, directly she holds the suction. I start drilling, mm -hmm. and so on. So um, so you take your own photos, or you've trained your assistant to take photos for you? Uh, no, I take my own photos. You take the own ones, okay. And uh, so you just do you like do you put like because I've been because I use my phone sometimes and um, it's a bit of a pain because like I have to take off my glove like take a photo and then put another gloves on or or do you have some sort of like barrier that you put on your camera like how do you do it? Uh, I used to do a barrier before, but yep. it's very annoying. Yeah. Uh, so uh, sometimes, خلاص, I just gave up. <laughs> yeah, my my gloves and then after before and after the patient I disinfect the camera. Yeah, I think that's the smartest way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, at least I like when I d finish drilling, I take off my gloves, put in new ones, uh, use the camera and then continue drilling. Yeah. Patients usually like it's not the right way, but uh, it's the faster way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um so what's the communication with the patients? Um do they know that you're taking all these photos for Instagram? Um is there some sort of consent or you kind of just do it and and no one really yeah, questions like it? Yeah, on, on your first episode, I think uh, you downloaded this uh, these consents. Yeah, I have, yeah, I have seen them. Oh, great! Uh, nice. Yeah, here, uh, like, not one patient minded me taking photos. Yeah, I usually don't tell them this is for anything. I just take photos. Um, yeah, and then I don't share all my cases. I share the ones that like I like or. Um, like the cases I find interesting. Uh, there, yeah. there are like other cases, like simple class ones or uh, GIC here, GIC there, cemented crown, whatever. Yeah. I take photos, but I just keep them for myself. Yeah. Okay. But patients usually don't mind. And um, uh, rubber dam, I don't discuss. I like, hi, how are you? Anesthesia, directly place the clamp. Um, they wouldn't mind. And uh, do you, so I know you said you trained your assistants to place the rubber dams, but do you, do you, do you place it normally, like on a given day, or do they do it for you? Uh, no, no, I place my dam, but um, like when I like I inform them I, I'm going to work for like an upper seven or lower five. Yeah, uh, they know which clamp to hand. Oh, okay. 
That's good. Yeah, so you've got so that system pretty I, good. Yeah. When I place the clamp, I uh, place my punch, uh, stretch it over the clamp. She hands me the plastic instrument to invert or floss to floss the contact. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's good. Because so... I mean, obviously we learned uh, rubber dam in school and uh, we had to, we sort of had to use it in school for most of our restorative procedures. Uh, it was sort of like the, the school's like um, requirement. Um, so when I graduated, it was kind of like a freedom of like not having to do rubber dam and you can, and uh, so I, I would like, if I was doing a full quadrant, if I was doing like, you know, three or four restorations in a quadrant, I would, I would still normally do it just because it's, you know, it's more comfortable for the patient and for me. Uh, it's a little bit quicker. Uh, but if I was just doing, you know, like one or two sort of like back to back, like MODO type thing um, before I would never do it. Um, so now that I've started doing it, I've realized like it's not easy. Like it's not a it takes some time to learn how to do it properly and, and get that good isolation. Um, it does. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. so I want to like talk and get some tips about that because so I'll just give you some of the the issues that I'm facing. And then I, hopefully you have some uh, some uh, recommendations or answers to help me out with those. Um, so okay. for, I'll give you like, for example, um, say if I'm working, uh, like in quadrant one and so I'm doing like a one seven MO and a one six DO. And, uh, so I put a clamp on the one seven and I isolate, you know, from one seven to like one five, for example. Um, sometimes I find if the clamp is there, it kind of gets in the way of me using, uh, like a sectional matrix or, uh, definitely no Toffelmeyer cause it's not going to sit all the way down. So what uh, do you have any solutions for th- for that problem? Uh, <clears throat> uh, I think um, uh, when using like upper seven is not an easy tooth to treat. Yeah, <laughs> in most of the patients, some of yeah. them are easy, some of them are hard. Yeah, like I had patients with uh, erupted upper eight, I could easily isolate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other patients, uh, like six, is not so easy. So the patient factor is also a, a big variable. Some yeah, upper sure. sevens are very small. Um, like last week I had an upper seven. I couldn't put any clamp over that. So I just used a B4. Do you know the B4, the very small one for anterior teeth? No, what is that? It's a very tiny clamp. Um, oh, B4. Okay, B4. Yeah. yeah, I'll write that down. Uh, yeah. So I used that on a molar and it worked fine. Okay. Uh, if you couldn't place your sectional, uh, you should use a smaller clamp. On the t- okay. Yeah. 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 Or place it a little bit backwards so that it doesn't interfere with the. Uh, yeah, it gets in the way. Because I normally for molars I use um I think it's like twelve A and like thirteen A, right? It's like the winged clamps. Um, uh, I don't use I use winged clamps, but um I stopped using them for a while now. Um, yeah. Why is that? Yeah, winglets are like very small and delicate. Um, you can yeah. easily stretch the dam over and use like sectional bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what's the sequence like? Do you um, so do you uh, place the clamp on the tooth and then p- pull the dam over it, or do you put the dam and the clamp at the same time with the frame, or uh, how do you sequence that? Uh, I used to do wing the clamps at first. Yeah. Uh, so I would put the. Uh, dam over the clamp and take it at like one time to the mouth mm-hmm. yeah uh, but then i found um, like wingless clamps are much easier to place okay uh, so i would just play the place the clamp and then stretch the dam over and then start flossing the uh, most mesial tooth like if you're working on a seven uh, yeah. you floss the like number five first yeah okay and then yeah go to five six seven uh, floss them there 
but um, and also I, I use glycerine uh, before placing the dam over on tight contacts, like coat the dam with glycerine gel. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, okay, that's I've heard that before. Really heard. Slip between the contacts. So you put it like on the under surface, like the surface yeah. facing the like the mouth. Yeah, uh, rubber dam facing the tooth. The tooth, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's a pretty cool tip. I'll try that out, glycerine. Because I know, so in school, um, uh, like in first and second, like first year, second year, you know, you were working on the mannequins, like the typodons. Um, so the trick that we had was we would put soap, uh, put soap on the teeth. <laughs> you can you can also use that. Oh, shaving yeah. cream, they all work. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's what the trick that we used in school. But obviously, yeah, glycerine uh, has no taste. Yeah. So and it's water soluble, so mm-hmm. you can easily rinse that off, and it, like it doesn't taste bad. Okay, that's good. And um, so that's so that was the first problem. The second main problem I have is, I think. I haven't mastered, you know, how much space to put between the holes on the dam. Um, so most of the time when I put it on, like it's such a thin, like interdental, like slice of dam that either like it stretches and rips or as I'm prepping the box, um, it rips. Um, so how, like how much space are you putting? Um, like how, what's the distance between the holes that are you putting on the dam? Uh, I used to face that a lot. Yeah. Like- most of my cases used to tear between the contacts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to use that uh, like ready-made, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, the one that you punch holes over. Um, oh, it's like a template. Yeah, yeah it's like a template. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to use that. Yeah. Uh, but then I realized like most of the cases, they still tear and be very thin. And the papilla would show through the contact. Yeah. Through the rubber dam. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I also asked my friend, uh, his name, I think, was Mustafa. I asked him like, a long time ago, two years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, he just, like, he said, just um, put more space between the punches. So, okay. I started, like, adding more space. Uh, it turned out better. Now, I'm good at eyeballing them. Yeah. So, I just look at the teeth, uh, floss the contact before I start to, like, get an idea how tight is it. Mm-hmm. And then um, place like punches. If, if if you place it like uh, if you place more distance, it doesn't harm so much. You can okay. easily yeah depress the dam. Yeah. Uh, there is one trick you can place the sheet over the frame. Yeah. And then carry it to the mouth, and then stretch it over the teeth, and mark the cusp tips with uh, a pen. Yeah, I've seen that. I think it's uh, and I, I asked you about if you if you know his page as uh, Agria. I think he's like in yeah. uh, Malaysia or Singapore. He does he does that technique. Yeah. In he, Indonesia. Yeah. yeah. Indonesia. So roughly though, is it probably like like one point five mils or two mils or just one millimeter is enough usually? Uh, no more than that. Like so, uh, uh, two to three maybe. Oh wow, two to three millimeters. Yeah. Okay. And and then um, uh, you have to still invert the dam over. So when yeah. you push it uh, gingivally, uh, you will need more space for that. Yeah. So you just use like a plastic uh, flat plastic to do that. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, I bought these uh, uh, LMRT instruments from. Yeah. Uh, you know them from Style Italiano Kit. Oh okay. No, yeah, I think I have, yeah I have seen it yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like their plastic instrument is so helpful. It's so thin. Oh, I need uh, some better instruments. Yeah. Yeah, it bends. Like it's, like it gets whatever you want done done. Really? That's because I yeah. yeah I just use you know whatever our office has and it's never like it's just like a very standard kit right so, um, 
I just like I'm I'm all all I, like lit, like literally all I use is like a ball burnisher to like like sort of pack the composite, and then I'll use a flat plastic to kind of just give it a little bit of a shape. Um, but yeah, like I see all these fancy like instruments and stuff on like Instagram and like on. They, they actually uh, work. I, I know. Yeah. Work, so but, do uh, you? Are you buying these for yourself or does the office buy it for you or what's the setup for that kind of thing? Uh, my office like is equipped with everything. Yeah. Uh, they have the rubber dam, they have instruments, composite, everything. But um, like stuff like that, I buy myself. Yeah. Like specialty stuff. Uh, like yeah. They have a lot of plastic instruments, but I don't like them. Uh, they mm -hmm. are very thick, very bulky. Yeah. Uh, so I started buying these uh, like for my own enjoyment. <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. So tell me, like, what's your, like, so say a couple of years ago when you, when you finished your internship, um, did you know this is the type of dentistry you want to do, or this is something that kind of evolved as you've been working now? Uh, no, absolutely not. No. Uh, when I started, uh, like the first job I had, uh, I was also alone at the clinic, but yeah. I was like fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah that's what I've had to face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't do a lot of crown preps at um, undergrad. Uh, yeah. I did a lot of endos back then. Yeah. Uh, a lot of extractions, uh, but not so much uh, fixed uh, process stuff. So uh, when I started, uh, I never used rubber dam after <laughs> graduation, yeah. after my internship. Uh, it was just basic dentistry. Yeah. Uh, but then I started volunteering at the university, uh, like to go like, help uh, students. Okay, uh, like teaching. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then I met um, my mentor. His name is Dr. Abdurrahman. Um, uh, he's uh, a restorative dentist. Mm -hmm. So I started asking him about stuff I face at the work, uh, like composites, uh, stuff like that, adhesive, uh, cementation, stuff like that. Yeah. So he would always ask, did you place rubber dam? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no. Uh, like, yeah, this is your first um, like defect. Yeah. So anything that follows um, is not my issue. It's yours. So go back to like basics. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he actually pushed me to do that. Uh, and then once I started, uh, I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you enjoyed it and, and kept going with it, right? Yeah, it's it, like I used to use, uh, I used to face the problems like retraction, for example, when I used yeah. to work on tower six and seven. Uh, some patients had like huge tongues. Oh uh, man, I know. <laughs> these like stuff like that, you don't hear, people don't mention that. Yeah. It's like, it's trouble. Like you can't place your feeling. It's important. It's, it's very so stressful. Yeah. Yeah, um, no one mentions that. You see fillings all around, but nobody mentions that, like the struggle you face. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you could easily avoid that with like placing your clamp and uh, rubber dam. Yeah, and I um, I had like I've had so many bad, um, not so many, but I've had a few like really bad situations. Uh, I remember it was probably like a couple months ago. Now I was uh, restoring like a three seven. And uh, the patient had a miss, like didn't uh, was missing three six and three five. So there's a big gap there. Like the tongue would, every time she would swallow, it was like such a challenge to try and like retract. Um, so I finished the restoration, like no rubber dam, obviously. And um, I'm I'm polishing, so I have like that really like like sharp, long, tapered like uh, diamond burr, and I'm like polishing the margins. 
and the patient swallows and the assistant, like the mirror slips from the assistant retracting the tongue. And I like sliced the tongue like a lot, like it was deep, like maybe three, four. And just, it starts like, like oozing, like gushing blood. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, what did I do? I'm going to like, (laughs) so, um, like it's like the mouth is like filling up with blood at this point. So I'm like panicking a little bit. I'm by myself. Uh, so I, I just like pack some gauze and like, I wait a few minutes and it kind of stops, but it's still bleeding. Uh, but I got it to the point where I can actually like, like see the wound because the, the bleeding sort of started to clot, like clot a little bit. Um, so I tell the patient I'm, I have to like suture this. So I'm like trying to grab her tongue with like gauze as I'm like putting some stitches in and, oh man, it's just like such a, so from then on, I, I told myself, you know what, like if any lower, uh, restorations with the, when the tongue is big and going to be in the way, like for sure, for sure, rubber down from now on. Yeah. I had one patient, um, a few months ago, he came, uh, he had, uh, a lower seven yeah. uh, for a class two. Uh, it was mesial, and then uh, uh, I placed the clamp. He started complaining. Uh, that was like the first patient who complained. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't understand why, so I took the <laughs> clamp off. Yeah, I don't know why. And then yeah. he, he he simply doesn't want me to place the clamp. Yeah. Uh, so I told him, sorry, I can't do that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then he's like, okay, fine, let's try uh, so I place the cl- clamp bag again and then rub uh, sheet. And then he starts complaining again. <laughs> and then I took it off again and I told him I can't do it without this. Yeah. Uh, and then he finally let me work, but he was horrible. Yeah. So, yeah sometimes you just get those uh, difficult yeah. patients and it makes everything such a pain. Uh, but that's good. So you, so you had a good mentor and he, he sort of uh, led you on this path of, you know, sort of, higher quality restorative dentistry. So at what point did you, you know, come up with the whole idea of like Instagram page and getting a better camera and like documenting your work? Like when did that all start for you? Uh, I had my camera way before dentistry. Uh, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So five, six years before graduating when yeah. I was like a second year or first year, uh, dental student. Uh, so I was good with the camera and I still use that same camera by the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that. So you just got a new lens for it, right? Yeah. Just a new lens and the ring flash. Yeah. From Amazon? (laughs) Uh, From eBay. Oh, eBay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I had that shipped to Dubai. It's not easy to ship stuff. uh, Yeah. 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 Uh, And so um, uh, I started immediately. Like uh, I had no time to do anything. So it was all dentistry. So uh, I used to see the big guys. I wasn't so good with Instagram. Like I had a page, but it had like one or two photos at that yeah. time. Uh, and so uh, with, with Instagram and Facebook, you get um, like a big exposure to cases. For sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, dentists from around the world. Like you see some crazy stuff. Like, like I would dream to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. Um, like occlusal anatomy wasn't a thing for me. I wouldn't yeah. care. I, I would just pack composite and then burnish it. Exactly. Finish and polish and whatever. Done. That's, that's what I did. <laughs> just keep it out of occlusion and I was happy. <laughs> Good enough. Yeah. And then uh, again, this, um, my mentor, he's like, uh, a filling is not just a filling. Uh, like when someone else sees your filling, like they should like salute you for this. Yeah. And then so uh, he told me, he asked me to train on casts or plastic teeth. Yeah. 
like I was working at that time and then practicing on casts, uh, playing with different composites, different instruments, finishing, polishing, stuff like that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I had a big jump over a few months. And then yeah. uh, by the end of last year, uh, there was a huge improvement. Mm -hmm. And then I started um, like um, experimenting with different rubber dams, different uh, bonding systems, uh, magnification. I, I never wore uh, loops before graduating, for example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, stuff like that, uh, even instruments uh, can enhance your skills and results. And of course, the photography like added so much. Um, like I take photos, go back home, um, save them. You see a lot of mistakes uh, yeah. you missed while working. Uh, a lot of things you could have done better. Mm -hmm. uh, so every case uh, is like an improvement from the previous case and so on. That's so good. And uh, that's like, that's, that's pretty inspiring. Cause uh, I mean, I, it's hard. Like, and I, and I wonder is, so do you like, for example, like, if your office is, you know, and you're taking two hours to do like, you know, three or four restorations, um, do you charge more for those or are you just charging the same price as like a guy across the street who takes like 10 minutes to do uh, it? No, I charge more. I charge okay. a lot. And I the patients, charge. like they, do they know that? Like they come to you specifically for like higher end stuff or? Um, not so much. No. Um, the clinic I work at is like, um, like mid-level. It's not so fancy. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's good enough. Yeah, uh, it's big, clean, and uh, equipped. Mm -hmm. uh, but like patients, so like they don't know this. Yeah. Uh, so before we start, um, like I tell them frankly, um, I I don't do patchwork. Uh, before we start full mouth X-rays, like two bite wings, peri epicals, whenever I need. Yeah. And then uh, like tell them we ha we have to do this, this, and that. Um, most of the patients. Um, won't, won't complain about the price. Uh, some do, so you could tell who complains about the price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you just uh, tell them before you start, this will cost this or that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. yeah, like uh, last, um, two days ago, I had a patient. I did five or six fillings in one setting. Uh, yeah. It took like three hours. Mm -hmm. uh, so he knew like this is a lot of work. And yeah. I would show him photos whenever I drill or remove carries and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so, like, whatever I charge, um, he wouldn't complain. Yeah. And so how do you, um, in like, I, I know it's okay, we don't have to like uh, discuss specific numbers, but do you, like, calculate, like, how much hourly you will charge? Or is it based on, like, like, like tooth number and tooth surface that you charge? Uh, depends. Um, like here in, in, in Dubai, in mid-clinics, um, mid-level clinics, uh, you don't have one charge for, for all. Yeah. Like I can't do one composite for like $100 and then do a big build-up for, for the same amount. Yeah. Um, especially if I'm, if I, like sometimes I have a lot of time and the patient, um, like he's a nice person. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would do some cases to show. Yeah. Yeah, so I build up like and um, grooves, anatomy stuff like that. Yeah. Um, sometimes the patient, like, you shouldn't charge for that. It's for fun. Yeah, you do it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for for me and yeah. like for photos. <laughs> photos are good. Like they get yeah. you popular. They get you more patients, maybe. Yeah. Um, so okay. 
if it's a simple class one and I want to do a lot of anatomy and um, like make it look good, uh, I don't charge that much extra, but I do charge more. Yeah. And that's, that's hard here because um, like, so in Canada, for example, um, like we're broke, like Canada's broken up into like provinces. Um, so each like province, like the, you know, the government and the, like the dental association, they, they give like a fee guide. So they give us a book every year and has all the codes for all the possible procedures, you know, endo, um, extractions, uh, rest- restorations, crown bridge, all that. And they give like a suggested price that you can, you should charge for, for that procedure. And it's, it's hard to deviate from that because if, so say for example, if like a class two, um, you know, costs like $150 Canadian. Um, if I charge, if I do like a really good job and I charge the patient like $200, uh, their insurance, they would, they only cover it at the fee guide. So the insurance would cover it at $150. So the patient would have to pay like separately. And most, most people really don't want to, they're so uh, insurance driven here that they, they really don't value it enough to like pay out of pocket for that. Um, so it's a challenge. So if, if I take, and I want to, cause like from my own you know sanity and from my own, like, uh, like dedication to like wanting to do good work and, and enjoy my like craft, like, like you do. Um, it's hard. Cause if I, if I put aside like two hours to, uh, you know, to do a couple of fillings and, but like really do them nicely, uh, like the money side of it doesn't add up as well because I can't necessarily charge more for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that I'm like tr- trying to find like a happy balance of still trying to be like relatively quick, but also get a nice result um, and, and you know, get some good anatomy and do all that stuff. So uh, we have that price guide, by the way, here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, from the okay. like Ministry of Health. But, yeah. Uh, but it's not like, um, like you could deviate from that easily. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some some clinics charge as low as like forty bucks for for a class one. Yeah. Maybe thirty. Um, mm-hmm. But um, like you know what kind of class ones are that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I can't just charge the same amount. Like a ten minutes restoration for that dentist is like forty five minutes for me. Yeah. So uh, and the patient uh, must realize like you get what you pay for. Exactly. So with the so and another common question I ask everyone that comes on the show is um, I want to get sort of behind your motive for the like Instagram page. Um, so is it more so uh, just just for yourself to just showcase your work to other dentists, or are you even trying to use it somewhat to like advertise yourself to get more patients for yourself, or um, what was like the idea when you first started the page, and has it like evolved at all into? into anything else? Um, when I started at first, uh, it was educational uh, for me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when, I get, when I post a case, uh, uh, like it should at least be good enough uh, like to, to, to publish it online. Yeah. So if a case sits in my camera or my mobile for like a few days, uh, I think that's a case like uh, it isn't worth uh, posting online. And so... But then uh, I started um, like publishing whatever case I have. Uh, why? Because uh, especially on Facebook, uh, like in groups like Style Italiano and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, when you uh, publish cases, uh, like they give you a feedback. For sure. Positive or negative. Uh, I think that adds up a lot uh, to, to your experience and to your work. Um, for my account, 
it's mainly for dentists. Like uh, I didn't care for patients. Yeah. At all. Like all my cases are um, for like especially for dentists. Uh, isolation. Um, even the namings. I I use like classifications only dentists would understand. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, I still get um, some patients. Um, like not many, but a few patients. Like five or ten. Okay, that's it. Yeah. And you've and they I, come yeah. Back. Uh, bring a friend or they come back for cleaning and um, other restorations yeah yeah and uh yeah to touch on that it's um to to, to just uh, deviate a little bit from the instagram thing uh forgot to mention when you first mentioned it um uh, it's it's funny with the whole hygiene situation because um in australia as well um it's not normal for like there to be hygienists so the dentists uh do a lot of their own hygiene and you know scaling and polishing and all that uh, whereas here, like in North America, it's it's like a whole different like business model, um, like the whole hygiene side of things. In many practices, like the hi- the hygienist like almost carries like half the production of the practice because uh, they get that repeats, like patients coming back every like three to six months. Um, and they're the ones that build the rapport. Like the dentist is almost like secondary to, to like the hygienist and and the and the so it's it's so interesting that like different parts of the world have different models and and how that works but yeah like i i personally though because like say like i'm not busy all the time i don't see why i shouldn't just do the cleaning um because i might as like i might as well do it versus like somebody else doing it if i'm not busy um but yeah it's unfortunately it's not a very common thing here it's kind of like frowned upon like if a dentist does the hygiene it's kind of like people like look at you funny like why is this guy like doing hygiene <laughs> um, actually i get most of my work from uh, doing hygiene stuff yeah uh, when a patient walks in for scaling uh, i always go for bite wings yeah uh, yeah like no excuses two bite wings for both sides yeah and then we'll talk from there i'll do bite wings check them and then go ahead and scale mm-hmm. uh, if the patient needs scaling uh, needs uh, sorry restorations uh, i'll sit and discuss and then reschedule. Uh, yeah. Unless I have time and the patient is free, uh, then I'll go ahead and restore these teeth. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it gives you uh, more time with the patient. You can have that time to build rapport, um, and you have more time to like think about your treatment plan as you're cleaning. Like you have you focus more on each tooth, like for a given time as you're cleaning it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good idea, and it's something. Uh, maybe if I go back to Australia, like it'll be something to. I'm kind of I'm actually kind of excited to like do it that way maybe, and yeah. and do the cleaning and then like like you said like treatment plan and bite wings and everything from there, um, perfect. So uh, the last thing I sort of wanted to uh, finish off with you is, um, and I like I love just like you know I'm talking about the clinical stuff with you because it, it's it's really educational for me and hopefully for the listeners too. Um, so I want to I want you like if you if you're if you're okay with it, uh, just take me through like step-by-step, step, like a uh, class two restoration that you do. So after the rubber dam is on, after you've prepped the the cavity and you remove the decay, um, I want to you know, touch on like your bonding. Uh, if you're doing like uh, selective etch versus like total etch um, and uh, how you restore, like do you, you know, put some flow, uh, cure that and then put the composite or do you put flow and then put the composite on? Like, so if you can just, uh, if you don't mind, just talk me through how you, like step-by-step, step, like how you go about doing like a class two. I think that'd be pretty high value for me for sure. And then hopefully for the rest of listeners as well. Sure. Uh, so before every class two, uh, I do by twink. Um, yeah. Like it's a must, even if I can like see everything, uh, I still do by twink. Yeah. 
and not uh, just a quick bite wing, a good bite wing. Mm -hmm. uh, because without that, uh, we're actually working uh, very blindly. Yeah. Um, like even if it's a tiny cavity, you still can see decalcification on other teeth or the like um, other side of the tooth. And um, while you're still there, uh, there you should open these. Uh, especially like you're working on number like um, second premolar. Yeah. And then you're thinking, I'll just do a class two on that tooth. Yeah. And then you prep your box uh, and you can see decalcification on number six. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, yes. You must open that. Like it's a chance you will never get again. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you do that, you will save your marginal ridge, for example. Uh, and the patient uh, will never understand what you're doing. So do you, so you're saying is you don't prep a whole box. You kind of just like do like a mesial restoration on the six. Uh, if you get an access. Yes. Yeah. Like direct access. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I have done that a lot. Uh, when I open a box, uh, I get an access to that tooth. Yeah. Uh, and you, you get to make a very tiny little restoration. That's great. Uh, Cause especially. Oh man. That's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, that out and then place uh, your composite otherwise yeah. in six months or or like a year uh, that will be that will definitely be a class two yeah then to open that you'll have to go from top yeah that's because you know what like i've been yeah because yeah. i when i see that i just i do like a class two <laughs> so i'm not very conservative <laughs> um, if, it's, if it's big yeah you should do yeah it. but no that's like i honestly i hadn't even thought about it that way of just like if I, yeah, like you, you know, you, you prep the distal of the five and then on the mesial of the six, you see like yeah, that. These... Like a fantastic chance. Uh, yeah, like that's incredible. It access, yeah. Uh, like um, directly without a band or anything. Yeah. Uh, and then you just... it, then smooth it and then proceed with your uh, other tooth. Yeah. Yeah. So um... for me, uh, first the bite wing, mm -hmm. uh, then um, I, I'll uh, numb the tooth yeah. and then um, floss the contact to check um, how tight they are. Yeah. Uh, by that time, my assistant hands the uh, clamp, place over the tooth, punch, um, then take a photo for the pre-op. Uh, after that, I'll, I'll go ahead and drill, uh, remove all caries. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, oh, Sorry, uh, when I first drill, I also take a photo Yeah. Uh, to show the caries and also to show the patient that this is a true cavity. Like some of them, they still suspect like this is an, like, um, like over treatment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I take that mostly for the patient. Yeah. Uh, and then go ahead and remove caries. Uh, uh, after that, also another photo. Uh, and then when everything is clean and I'm ready to fill, uh, I'll uh, get a profi paste and a brush and um, uh, clean everything out of the way. Uh, oh, some really? people use yeah, that disclosing agent, I think. Uh, yeah to check um, for a plaque uh, i don't have at my office i was yeah. planning to get it for a long time but um it's not available in the market oh really like yeah, have like a uh, caries detector uh plaque detector yeah. okay plaque detector. okay uh so i polish everything um, or just run airflow i'm not sure if it's the same terminology it's air called airflow mm -hmm. uh, just to clean everything out. Yeah. Uh, and then and now I'm using only selective etching. Uh, I stopped uh, doing total etch. Yeah. Uh, so I would uh, etch enamel. I would uh, 
first place my band and the wedge, uh, and then uh, uh, H enamel uh, runs and um, yeah, like use the protocol. Uh, don't over dry. Uh, yeah. Don't make it like don't leave it very wet. Yeah. And then I would rub my bonding agent for for some time. Like I would take my time doing that. Yeah. Uh, so do you use like a do you use uh, do you go straight so after etching the enamel do you go straight into a, a bond or do you use like a self etching primer still for um, the dentin no, I'm dentin. using the a 3M single Oh the scotch bond yeah Yeah scotch Okay bond great that. yeah that's what I used to okay I won't go, yeah. yeah Yeah and then uh, just rub that very well uh sometimes two layers if it's a big cavity mm -hmm. and then air dry and uh, suction and air dry and then yeah. uh, light cure and yeah. um, um, about light cures, uh, you have to check your light cure. You, you, yeah. you just you, you shouldn't use whatever brand you have there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to do that. That's what I do. I, I just do 10 seconds regardless of what strength or what. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do that. And yeah. then uh, one time I had this um, uh, light cure test for the intensity. Yeah. And I discovered that I have two light cures that are way below standard. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and I had one light cue that was way over standard. <laughs> yeah, it would hit the tooth. Uh, so now I know what I'm working with. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, go ahead and um, place my band. Uh, and then um, I'm, most of the time I build the proximal walls first. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it gives me a nicer contour before, uh, like after finishing. Yeah, and sorry to interrupt. So do you do you use a heated composite or use everything like like room temperature? Room temperature, I don't heat my composite. Yeah. But um, I'm planning to. Yeah. Like I'm looking into this um, and I'm planning to use it for cementation for crowns and uh, like my Emacs crowns and bridges. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, so go ahead. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, so I build my proximal wall first. first. Uh, most of the time without flowable composite, mm -hmm. uh, just use a body shade or a universal. And then uh, uh, now I'm starting to use a bulk fill more. Yeah. Uh, like to bulk fill the cavity. And then a body shade on top. And then, and then so, okay. And uh, so, so you built the wall, you, you, and then how much is the, is the wall like full to the full height of like where the marginal ridge would be, or you leave a little bit of space. So, so later on you can build on top of that, some sort of like anatomy and curvature uh, and everything. No, uh, uh, I prefer to build the, like the whole ridge first. Yeah. And then give it, um, I used to do a lot of mistakes with that, with that ridge. It used to be sharp. Yeah, that's a big problem. It's hard to, yeah. like, what, how do you fix that? <laughs> yeah, I used to just um, run a, like a diamond burr over that and then polish. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, I realized that I could use these uh, thin instruments, plastic instruments, and then uh, just make a, like a 45 degree cut. It, it will make it round. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it would take some few tries to get it right. Yeah. Uh, but it would save a lot of time. Um, and polishing and uh, finishing and polishing. Yeah, no, it looks much better too. If it's like the yeah. the marginal ridge is like rounded versus like a yeah that roundness um, yeah. you can't get with finishing. It's very hard to get. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I'll, I'll spend some. I'll I use a, like a, um, layers of a very small amount every layer, so I don't overfill. Mm -hmm. So if I finish my cavity, most of the time it's underfill. 
yeah. um, rather than overfilled. Uh, I think I have more control on the anatomy if I don't overfill. Yeah. Uh, and I end up with um, like very little high points, if any. That's really good. Um, so uh, with the occlusal anatomy, <clears throat> um, so if so, you've built the you've built the the wall, and now you've put some bulk fill. Um, so you leave like a couple millimeters short of like the occlusal height, and then you put the body shade on top, right? And then you you like mold that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then have you got into the whole thing of like I see on Instagram a lot and like on Facebook, like the they're using like dyes and stuff to like dye the the uh, grooves uh, and stuff. Yes, I have uh, I have placed an order of, of on that. Yeah. Uh, I have ordered the brown and um, I think orange. Okay, so you just put a few uh, so drops in. I have never used it before. Yeah, obviously. it'd be interesting so to I'm try. Just, yeah. yeah, practice with that and see how it goes. But yeah. it will definitely look better. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So then you pause. So do you use um, uh, and it's interesting too because in Australia, like we were trained um, with diamond burrs. So even for cavity preps and everything, we we just use diamonds for everything. Um, whereas here in Canada, like most offices, I mean all the offices I work at, um, at least. Uh, we use carbide burrs for cavity preps and everything. So what are you using and uh, what do you prefer to use? Uh, I use diamond burrs for everything. And yeah. uh, for carries removal, I use uh, like round uh, carbide burrs. Like a slow speed one. Yeah, low speed, always a carbide. Yeah. And, uh, big ones. And then mm-hmm. clean all my walls. And, yeah. And uh, leave the pulpal floor alone until I re- like I get a very clean walls. Mm-hmm. And then slowly uh, remove uh, over the pulpal floor if it's deep. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't worry. Like just uh, remove everything. But um, like, I have it. Like I make it a habit to clean the walls first, and then uh, go from there down to the areas close to the pulp. Yeah. Okay. And do you ever leave um, like a bit of carious dentine behind if it's close yes, to the pulp? I have, I have done it a lot, a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. And how does that look on the x-ray? Because um, so now that I've been working um, probably like eight months, nine months now, I'm starting to see some of my x-rays coming back for like, uh, you know, checkups and and another set of bite wing. Um, so I'm seeing some like good stuff and some bad stuff. And the one of the problems with one, like, you know, sometimes I, uh, when I first started, I used to put a little bit of flow just to line the whole cavity and then cure that. And a lot of them, uh, the flowable composites are a bit uh, radiolucent. Uh, so when you take the bite wing, it looks like, you know, like recurring carries under there and stuff. Um, so I've sort of stopped doing that a little bit now, but even, uh, with the same thing of leaving some carries behind, it doesn't look great on the x-ray. So that's like the one. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, but, um, like, you know, it's not, it's not the thing you see. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, also, I also make it a habit to take an x-ray, uh, after, like finishing with my composite. Oh, so do you do that every time? I was going to ask every about time. that too. Yes. I do that every time. Yeah. And uh, if I forget or I get a very busy day, uh, <clears throat> uh, I call the patient for a recall mm-hmm. uh, and keep a bite wing for myself. Yeah. Uh, because uh, like a few months or a year down the road, uh, you will forget what you did for that tooth. Yeah. Uh, you'll forget what instruments did you use. Uh, so you will know that that x-ray it's not it's feedback secondary. it's good yeah. feedback yeah yeah um, awesome and yeah. so uh for the flowable composites you have to like it's a trial and error um yeah most of them they market it as uh radio opaque but um, yeah. 
most of them aren't. Yeah. So you have to like try a few brands and then decide what works uh, best for you. Mm -hmm. uh, as for leaving carries, yeah, it will look like uh, there are still carries. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the case, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but it works. Um, I have saved like four teeth like the last two months. Uh, like I'm pretty sure uh, um, another dentist um, like who's not updated or, or he doesn't care. Uh, he yeah. will have these for root canal. Yeah. Uh, so sure. when I suspect this something is deep, uh, always vitality test uh, uh, before I start. Yeah. And then uh, history and then drill and uh, see what I'm left with. Yeah, and I'm like I, I like doing root canals, but, uh, but I'm very very conservative with that side of things. I'll I'll always like tell the patient like I'll I'll try and not expose pulp or not get into the pulp. I'll leave some behind, and then best case everything heals up and you're okay. And worst case we'll we'll do it after. So as long as the, I think the patient understands that and and appreciates like what you're trying to do for them, um, I think it's it's not a it's not a major issue. I think I think that's a good thing, uh, like giving a chance for the tooth to heal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and for it's sure. pretty uh, predictable nowadays. Uh, yeah, like, the history could tell you a lot about what what this tooth is doing. Yeah. So if it's vital, no history, uh, you probably could leave that. Like uh, you could leave caries, some caries behind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, so the last thing I want to uh, touch on is uh, so I, uh, I saw on Instagram like when we talked about it briefly, um, you got those new uh, the Zeiss uh, loops. Re um, so well, how's the experience been with those uh, ones and what's the magnification on the, on the ones you got? Uh, I got the 4.3 X, uh, yeah. at 400 millimeters. Mm -hmm. uh, I absolutely love them. Uh, the field is great. Uh, they don't feel heavy because of the headband. Yeah. Uh, they are very uh, comfortable to work with, um, especially with rubber dam, uh, because like when you have to floss a contact or place a band, you could just flip them upwards. Yeah. Um, and uh, I could uh, still take photos with my viewfinder uh, while they are on. So, okay, that's good. Yeah, that's a good thing. I use my yeah. viewfinder rather than my monitor. So yeah. yeah, I could just like, I feel comfortable with that. Okay, great. And and you got some lights for that or not, not yet? Uh, not yet, no. Okay. Uh, I think they're a must. That yeah yeah like mine uh mine died like last week so um okay, yeah for uh for two days i didn't have lights and i i felt like i couldn't see anything so yeah. uh luckily i ordered some and then the uh, sales rep she was here luckily in the same town so she gave me a uh, a light to use in the meantime um so yeah i'm so because i started like un unlike you like i started using loops and lights like in dental school like in second year of dental school um so i've never like done dentistry without them. So I've, I've become so uh, dependent on them. And um, yeah, I feel like without them, I can't see anything. So it's, it's, I don't know how other dentists, uh, like the old school yeah. dentists, they work without loops. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And so thank you so much. Uh, it was a great chat. Um, I hope the listeners enjoy our, our uh, sort of like nerdy uh, discussions here. Um, it's so uh, refreshing and and honestly, like the whole point of like me starting this was to get opportunities to like talk to people like you, people who are, you know, passionate about their, their job and, and dentistry as a profession. And, and it's not all about the money and it's not all about, um, it's all, it's all about doing good work, basically, um, being prideful of your work and, and 
being happy at the end of the day that uh, you know you produce some great work it's, it's amazing it's a really inspi- inspiring uh, way of thinking about dentistry yeah i think it's a good idea like uh, i have listened to to your episodes uh, like a few years ago uh, you wouldn't know what's going on like uh, when, yeah. when we first graduate uh, yeah like you wouldn't know what, what to do. You wouldn't know uh, what other people are doing. Yeah. Uh, but now you get a good exposure. Um, like I can see what your problems are. Uh, some other dentist problems are. Uh, what kind of patients, what kind of income. Um, yeah. So it's like really good. I'm super excited. And it's been, so I've been, you know, I think a lot about it and I'm trying to like evolve. Um, Cause obviously I have like an idea at the, at the start, but you know, things change and you sort of evolve from there. Um, and because of everyone essentially I've, I've met and had on the show, I'm, I'm meeting through Instagram. Um, so I'm, I've decided to like change the names of the episodes to like a uh, dentist of Instagram. Um, so I think that's sort of the new like brand, like it'll still be called the newbie dentist podcast, but the episodes will be called, um, well, especially for the ones that the people I meet on Instagram is going to be called uh, dentist of Instagram. So it's a great community, man. It's so exciting to like, you know, like you're in Dubai, getting the chance to like meet you and talk to you. Like this would have never happened, you know, like five years ago, 10 years ago. Talking, yeah, you're on the other side of earth. Yeah. We're talking about uh, like teeth stuff. Yeah, like class twos and composites. And uh, honestly, I think um, just like bigger picture than, you know, you and I, like the quality of dentistry because of social media is, is, is going to be so much better. Um, like around the world. So, I mean, there's dentists in, in, you know, like, yeah, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore that are doing like better work than, you know, like a dentist in like in New York or London or Paris. Um, it's, it's so inspiring, man. It's like, it's so, it's so cool. I think it's such a like, good time for, for our profession. And um, you know, yeah. Um, when I was uh, uh, like back in, in the university. Yeah. Uh, when I was a second or third year student, we, we, we used to just hear like sectional bands in theory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rotary files in theory. Yeah. Now when I go to like deal with students in third year, uh, they practice on like uh, rotary instruments at the lab before going to the patient. Yeah, that's great. So that's a huge jump. And then um, like they, they use the V3 system, for example, now. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty good. Uh, like... When I was uh, a student, I I didn't know all this. Uh, like I, I haven't seen an onlay prep, yeah, uh, or how to cement an onlay, or how to do this or that. Mm-hmm. Uh, today they get to see that all over them. Like in it's school. everywhere. It's actually uh, everywhere. They, yeah, they they get them like an idea of what's going on. So that's a pretty good thing. That's amazing, man. So keep up the great work. Uh, your pay, like your, and it makes a difference. Like I, I like for me, like they, like I'm, I've mentioned before, like the pot, uh, the um, Instagram page was more. I, I wanted to start it because so I can meet people and have them on the podcast. Um, but but I want to you know do better work and and also do like better pictures to get better quality of content. But I think your page, honestly, um, it's first for like a non-specialist, like as a general dentist, I think it's one of the best ones like going around Instagram right now. Um, so I really like, you do amazing work, amazing, uh, documentation of your work and it shows like your, I, I, I swear, like your followers have increased a lot, like pretty quickly over the yeah. past few months. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think when I first like checked uh, when I first met you, it was around maybe like 
three or four thousand, and I think now it's up to like seven, eight thousand. Yeah, so I gained like uh, over two thousand in like less than two months, I think. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so that just it shows that um, even though like there's a lot of people doing it, uh, the good quality rises to the top, you know. So uh, keep up the good work. I, I'm glad I had the opportunity to you know talk with you and meet with you because I've. Um, I'm, I admire your work and you know, your hard work and everything. So thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And yeah, let's stay in touch. And hopefully, um, I'm, I'm excited that you're coming to Australia. So hopefully uh, it works out and, uh, and you end up in Melbourne if I'm there and we can uh, meet up that way. And uh, We'll stay in touch and then see. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know it's late there. You're coming from work and uh, came straight on the podcast. So I really appreciate it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I'm heading off to Melbourne today, actually. I'm going in a few hours. I'm flying out. So, um, I'm going to be editing. Um, so from here it's, uh, so I go through the, the U S so I go from here to LA, it's about five or six hours. Mm -hmm. And then from Los Angeles to Melbourne, it's like 15 hours. So, uh, it's, it's a bit of a time, but it's cool. I have, uh, I got to edit all these podcasts and I have uh, some other work to do. So I'll catch up on that. And then, um, so hopefully everything's ready to be published in the next few weeks. So, uh, thanks again, uh, stay in touch and, um, I'm looking forward to more cases from you. Sure. Thank you so much. Have yeah. a nice flight. Thank you very much. Take care, Homer. Bye. Bye.